from the bow, facing the back of the boat, and start calling in the red snapper and the yellowfin, yellowfin, and the and the brown. Is it brown snapper? Brown snapper. Yeah, mutton snapper. But anyway, I start calling in yellow something. And I'm telling you, it went like that. And they were all hundreds of them at the back of the boat. And they could not catch them. They couldn't get the fish off the hook. It took them longer to do that than it did to catch the fish. I was telling Lee, that's prophetic. It don't take long to catch you, but to get you off the hook. Takes a lot longer, doesn't it? I just saw them wrestling with this fish, getting that hook out of his mouth. Even though the, he, he was rescued from the sea, so he is in another kingdom. But he still had the hook of the past. But it, I'm telling you, as soon as they threw it in, it was on the and both of them at the same time. But the Lord told Larry, He said, "Cast yours to the right side." Larry was catching them like boom, boom, boom. It took a while for Chris, uh, Mason to catch up but and then towards the end I was just up there thanking God every time the fish would come and I'd call in the bigger ones call in the bigger ones and then all of a sudden Lord now Lord said now go to the back and tell them dominion has ceased and every fish left it was a witness it was a testimony of the authority God's given us and listen if you don't have a revelation an experience of God because that determines your level of authority. You can have all the power in, in the world of the Holy Spirit, but if you don't have an experience with God, that's what establishes your authority. And when you get authority established, the devil knows who you are. In fact, there's a demon following you around wherever you go. And the reason a demon follows you is because he's looking for flesh. Two, three, two things that attract demons to you. The flesh and lack of knowledge. Write those down. The flesh and lack of knowledge. The flesh and lack of knowledge. If, you're, if your senses were so in tune with the Holy Spirit, in fact, if the Holy Spirit had your senses of smell, then you could smell the flesh. You could smell if somebody's not in Christ. But when a demon hooks up with it, then you smell the stench of death. Because the flesh is like a carcass to demons. And the demons are like vultures. They come wherever death is. And the flesh has already been crucified. Right? So it's already smelling. And Chris was telling me about he prayed for somebody at King Jesus and smelt the demon coming out, and it was stench, wasn't it? It was a smell. Demons are real. We know that demons are real in this place, right? And we know that this place is called, one of the primary callings of this place is deliverance. It's deliverance. God delivers through the hand, and God delivers through the mouth. The hand is the power of God. The mouth is dominion of God. The hand represents the fivefold ministry of Jesus Christ. That's why there's power. So when I lay my hands on your head, the government of Jesus Christ is being released. The full authority, the full power. And the reason I say it's full authority and power, because if my mind is renewed, can we get her in? If my mind, sit her right, come on up here, bring your chair up here. Actually, we can slide down this way, it doesn't matter. If my mind is renewed, soul shifters is increasing. Oh, today was a requirement. Yeah, because ministers need to know how to, all about deliverance. I was a deliverance ministry for a while, a long time. In fact, I had a healing in, in a healing school that I taught and, um, and just saw how demons really carry on, activate, how you see them contort, 
they're, they're a spiritual, they're a spirit without a body. Demons are looking for bodies. They, if they can't get your body, they go into animals. So that's why you'd be careful what animals you bring in. You know, a lot of people get animals from the, the pound. You don't know if they're carrying demons or what in those animals. They're looking for a body to manifest the kingdom of the enemy. But when you lay your hands on people, you're releasing power. And if your mind is renewed, you release authority with that power. Isn't that cool? So when I lay hands on you, I'm releasing power. But when I speak, my words have dominion, power, creative power. So I'm speaking something into existence. This is delivering you. The government is delivering you. But the words are creating something in you that's from God. That makes sense? That's why it's important to renew the mind. We're going to have a questionnaire passed out. This questionnaire, how many of you think you need deliverance? I was going to say, if all of you didn't raise your hand, somebody's lying. Because everybody needs deliverance. There's some area of our life that we need deliverance. And when you go through this and fill out this questionnaire, you're going to find out. <laughs> so t take a couple of weeks with this and uh, bring it back for the next session, of, which is 30 days from now. Fill it out. You don't have to put your name. I just need to know what kind of demons we're dealing with. You know what I mean? Because you're telling on them now through this. And now I know how to categorize people when I line them up. Because you can get all kind of confusing demons one around when you're casting out lust and there's greed behind the person right behind of you. If you get everybody with lust in a line, everybody with greed in a line, everybody with this in a line, it's so easy for the, for the power to travel right through all of them. Does that make sense? So that's going to be important <clears throat> to fill this out, and Charlene is going to pass those out before you leave. Write these three things down. Why we need deliverance. This is why we need deliverance. Number one, demons have unleashed themselves at another level. There's demons being released right now. Because, and why is it? Because the church is rising up. The apostolic church is rising up. So there's demons being released. And the demons are attacking the youth. These demons are assigned to the youth. Because that's next generation. That's why youth is so important. And I want to thank everybody for sowing into the youth. You're going to hear some awesome testimony Saturday. And the youth are going to minister to us Saturday. They come back with power, testimonies. And you're going to see some, some mighty works happening Saturday. Isn't that exciting? So I told Chris to go ahead and sign them up for next year. But double it, because you're going to have double before then. In fact, the Lord said it will be doubled before the end of the year. So Chris is going to have a full house. Amen. Youth. That's exciting. And a little Cohen praying over people and getting tongues down there at King Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to get him to pray for me Saturday night because I know he's pure. I'm not saying the rest of them aren't pure, but I know him. So, so number one, demons have been released and never been released before. Number two, the soul is not saved. The church doesn't realize the soul is not saved from Satan's influence. If you die today and you got, you're covered by the blood of Jesus and, and you haven't entertained sin as a lifestyle, man, you're going to heaven. But when you get a revelation that my soul is not saved from the influence of demons, when you get a revelation of that, then you'll know what, what's holding you back. What's holding you back from the abundant life What's holding you back from your purpose in God? Is when you go through that questionnaire, you're going to find out the demon that's holding you back. And then we're going to have a deliverance service. So we're going to do a lot of intro today and kind of build this thing so that you have some understanding. And then we're going to go into uh, the teaching of healing and deliverance manual that we got from King Jesus Ministry.
So number three, while we need deliverance, these are critical times. Don't think that you can come back to Jesus as quick as you did 10 years ago. If you give the devil a little bit of flesh, I saw when, when Mason, he, I guess about an eight foot, six foot shark hit the line one time. And that reel was burning. Smoke was coming off that reel. That's how fast the devil's going to carry you off. And how far he's going to take you. And it's going to take a while to get back. So this is not, this is serious. The problem with the church today is we can get somebody healed. We can get somebody delivered. But we can't sustain their healing and deliverance. That's what I want to teach on a little bit tonight on how to sustain it. Because you may get delivered here tonight just through the teaching. But it might be another time that you get delivered. But if you get delivered and need deliverance, we all need it in some area. Then you're going to need to know how to sustain it. And hold on to your deliverance. It makes me so sad when people really get delivered and you see them three months later. Coming in the door with the same stuff on them. Same stuff on them. So demons love the flesh. Demons love the flesh. If you're in the flesh in any area of your life, know that demons are attracted to that flesh that you're in right there. What causes a demon to take up occupancy? Because a demon can take up occupancy in the soul. Is if, if you've got an area of your flesh that's more dominant than any other area that you're in and it's causing you to sin, that's the area that's opening up the door for demonic influence. Take pornography. There's more, so much pornography in the church, it's ridiculous. But if you're on that site every night or twice a week, eventually you're attracting, or you're attracting a demonic influence. And he's coming to you. And that door is open. He's going to jump right in there. Now you're going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Lesbianism, homosexuality, because demons are never satisfied. Demons are never satisfied. Right possession. Now I want to give you the definition between possession and demonization. Possession and demonization. You have to know as a Christian, you cannot be possessed with a demon. It's impossible. If you're born again. But possession. The, the definition of possession. Is total ownership. And control of a demon. Total ownership. And control. Of a demon. Like you see these serial killers. That's total possession. That's all they know how to do. Demonization. And this is what the church needs to know. It's something that is compulsive. A cycle of something. A cycle of drugs. A cycle of alcohol. A cycle of addictions. A cycle of overeating. I see more of that in the church of overeating. One thing I hate that just kind of makes me sick is when a minister gets up and he's 500 pounds. Ministering the word of God. How effective is that? That's not effective. It's not effective. Because there's no dominion on it. There could be power on it, but there's no dominion on it. Dominion is what changes people's lives. Power sets them free. But dominion changes them. So if you can't change them, they're going to lose their freedom. They're going to lose their freedom. Depression is another one. If you've got a cycle of depression, it just kind of comes and goes. That's how you know there's a demon involved. It's called demonization. That's how you know. And, and see, if you could see in the spirit realm, when I was doing deliverance, I could see. I, was, I was, uh, went to dinner with this guy that uh, needed deliverance. So I, we went to eat first. And um, there was... A, a dark shadow wrapping around his neck. It was like a dark cloud. That's demonization. The demon 
was influencing his mind with the demon's thoughts. Demons put, demon put thoughts in your mind. Thoughts to eat, thoughts to do this, thoughts to do that. And he wants you to entertain the thought. Listen, God will never entertain you. God never entertains us. Write that down. God never entertains us. God ministers to us. Entertainment is for the old man. Demons deceive, they enslave, they torment. So if, if you're going through any of this stuff, you know the ones involved. They're compulsive. They're unnatural. They get you into unnatural things. Unnatural relationships. Fornication, adultery, lesbianism, homosexuality. These are unnatural relationships. And if you prayed and have, have had no success, then you know a demon is involved. If you have prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and have no success, then you know there's a demon blocking that success. Demons, write this down, demons are inferior deities. A demon is an inferior deity. A spirit without a body, an inferior deity. A spirit without a body. Now we're talking about people who love Jesus. We're talking about people who love Jesus that are having these problems. I had these problems. And I love Jesus. I spend lots of time with Jesus. But my head was messed up. I didn't realize my head didn't get saved. They don't teach that in the church. That your head's not saved yet. But this is people who love Jesus that are having these problems, right? Every one of us are going through it. At some point of time, we've gone through this, wondering why we can't get this right. Fear, anger, all these things that are connected to the spirit of darkness. Write this definition down, deliverance. This is the definition of deliverance. This is very important that you know this definition. It's the state of being saved from something dangerous or unpleasant. The state of being saved from something dangerous or unpleasant. And deliverance comes from the message of the cross. Let's put that on the screen, that first scripture. Deliverance comes from the message of the cross. Listen, we cannot ever forget this message. Because you will never grow till you keep applying the cross to your life. For the story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing. How many of you had somebody preach to you and you thought they were foolish and crazy? And when you were lost, right? I thought there was nothing to it. Who are perishing and on their way to perdition. That's hell. On their way to hell. But to us who are being saved, you need to underline every Bible you got. To us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. So we are being saved. We've got rescued. We got saved. Our spirit, but we are, my soul is being saved. We're going from glory to glory. And if you're being saved, then you're being filled. You get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and people think that's it. But I know around here, we pour out that baptism every day. And if we don't get filled back up every morning, we're going to enter into depression. That's why a lot of pastors are committing suicide and quitting the ministry, because they don't know how to fill back up. They'll open up their Bible and read for a little while and study. That's not filling up. Worship is the best way. To fill up with God. Worship is the best way to fill up with God. Praise is going to do it. Praise is going to do it. So we have to understand that the message of the cross has to be applied not only to the spirit, but the soul and the body. You have to do it every day. Paul said, crucify the flesh every day. If you don't crucify the flesh every day, 
you're going to be attracting demons in your life. Let's look at Ephesians 5.18, see what it says a minute. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So this is a constant thing. It's a constant thing. Don't ever get up here and minister unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why ministers shouldn't be hanging around the people before service because they're pouring out. They're pouring out. Every time they open up their mouth, they're pouring out. Pouring out. That's why we go to the conference room and get filled up over there with worship before we come over here on every service because we're getting filled back up. You've got to make it a point to get filled up. Get filled up every morning. Get filled up in your car. I keep headphones in my ears all day long. I'm in that car, even when I'm on the job site, I have a headphone on. And uh, that music is going on. I can hear still people talk, but that music is guarding my mind. Because there's demons all around when I hit that job site. But it's guarding my mind. It's important. So the regenerated spirit born back to God still needs, I love this when the Lord gave me this, he said it still needs to be saved the regenerated spirit still needs to be saved from the influence of the unregenerated soul. I said, wow. The regenerated spirit, the born-again spirit, still needs to be saved from the, from the influence of the unregenerated soul. Whatever's going on in your soul is affecting your spirit. Because they are knitted together. Even though God separated them, they are like this. They are still together. They're just not like this, like they were before the, after the fall. They're like this. So whatever's happening to my soul is affecting my spirit. Your spirit's where your power's coming from. So whatever's affecting your soul, it's going to affect the power that's in you. So if you're in the flesh, <clears throat> in any area, it's affecting your spirit. Your spirit has come to give you life. And what? Life abundantly. That's what the spirit has come for. To give you life and life more abundantly. But the flesh is hindering that abundant life. The flesh is hindering that abundant life. And the flesh has to be empowered to be able to be hindered. The flesh has to be powered to be able to be hindering the spirit. Let's write this down. The cross is the manifestation of the power of God. You've got to write these two things down because this is how it works. The cross is the manifestation of the power of God. You say, well, Gene, what is the cross? What do you mean by the cross? What I mean is, the cross represents death, burial, and resurrection. That is the manifestation of the power of God. When you're entering into a death season, a burial, and a resurrection, you know that the power of God has been applied to your life. Now, the Word of God says here, the Word of God is the manifestation of the healing of God. We keep applying the cross to healing and it's not working. The Word of God is the manifestation of the healing of God. Yeah. The cross, the cross, the cross is the power that brings you to a death and burial and resurrected state. But you can still be resurrected and not healed. Because my spirit's been resurrected. But I'm not healed. My power is right here. When I used to pray for people all the, all the time, I could feel like a volcano erupting out of me. And it would throw me back before I could even touch the people. The power. And see, you've got to exercise that. Sometimes I feel it up here when I do pray. It throws me back. But it used to be like that all the time because I prayed for people all the time. All the time, every week I was out praying for people. You've got to exercise the anointing. 
every opportunity you have, you need to evangelize people. We're called to evangelize them. Start up a conversation with them that's non-threatening and watch the Holy Spirit give you an opening to talk about Jesus. No, most of them want to go in there. You know where you're going when you die? Man, I hate that. I, I usually tell you, know where you're going when you die. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of your words gives light. Psalm 119, 130, NIV. The entrance of your words gives light. So it's the word of God that's manifesting healing. Because light destroys darkness. Light destroys darkness. And its entrance is into the mind. Because the mind is still dark when you get saved. The mind is still dark. You're going to wrestle with the darkness of the thoughts constantly. Until you spend time with God and he introduces the word to you. And it's going to bring light. And it's going to give the simple understanding. How many of y'all just spend time? Do, y'all, do you really spend time with God? All of us? As the age is narrowing up, you're going to have to spend more time with him. More time. Lee and I were talking a little while ago about, I said, if, you, if you're asking God a question and he's not answering, then this is how you're going to get his attention. Make the sacrifice. Make a sacrifice that's going to be contrary to your flesh. When I used to do it, I would say, all right, I'm going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to get my answer. That's a sacrifice. It's tough getting at 3 o'clock in the morning putting those headphones on. But I knew that I was going to get my answer because I made the sacrifice. It's called the sacrifice of fellowship. And God is going to come to the sacrifice of fellowship. Psalm 119.81 says, My soul faints with longing for salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. The only hope the soul has is the word of God. We put our hope in people. We put our hope in relationships. We put our hope in this and this and that. But my hope is in the word of God. Because my soul needs the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that will satisfy the soul. The soul will never be satisfied until the word of God is occupying. Psalm 119.50. I'm giving you a bunch of scriptures just to get get a foundation laid here. Psalm 119.50. So you have to meditate on these scriptures. My comfort and my suffering is this. Your promises. Your promise preserves my life. And you can put under promise, keeps safe. Your promise keeps my life safe. What is the promise? It's the word. The word of God is the promise of God. His word is promising you something. Every time you look at a scripture, it's promising you something. Psalm 119, 25. My earthly life, which is your soul life, cleaves to the dust. Revive me and stimulate me according to your word. I love that scripture. How do you know your soul is cleaving to the dust? Because your flesh has manifested. And it's an operation. Man was made from the dust. So it's naturally bent towards the earth. And the only thing that's going to cause it to go upright is the Word of God. Is the Word of God. The Word of God is going to put up a standard. Say, this is the right way to do it. Psalm 107, 20. He sent out His Word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He sent out His Word and healed them. And rescued them from the grave. So what does that mean? It means he sent out his word and healed you. And rescued you from a premature death. 
You see these people that are just dying prematurely because their health is not where it should be or they get killed by the devil because they've been in the flesh too long. They experience a premature death because they're in the flesh. I'm talking about physical death. That would be an awful thing. I was talking to Chris this afternoon and so thankful and grateful for the young people in our ministry that they have landed in their destiny at their age. That's a blessing to be in his destiny. Psalm 119.11 I have hidden your word in my heart, my soul, my cardia, that I might sin against thee. So if you're sinning against God, I guess that tells you something, doesn't it? That the word's not in my head. The word's not in my head, so I'm sinning against God. And when you sin, you're attracting demons. Because only the flesh can cause you to sin. And see, that flesh will hold back every promise of God. If God promised to give you a husband or a wife, if you're in the flesh, it's holding it back. It's there. God's ready to answer. He, he says he knows what you ask for before you even ask him. So he's already given you the answer. It's already there. But something's pushing it back. Psalm 119.67. I love this one. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. <laughs> but now I obey your word. <laughs> Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I'm going to obey your word. Because obeying your word means he's going to bless you. And that's a lot better than being afflicted, is experiencing the blessings of God. The blessing of God. Some of y'all sitting here is going to be in deliverance ministries out of this ministry. Psalm 119, 171. May my lips overflow with praise. For you have you teach me your decrees. Part of this soul shifting, sifting, sifting, shifting, and lifting is finding the root cause. I heard Zenny teaching on the root cause. You gotta find the root cause. You gotta go back to the point of entry. Didn't y'all do that one time in this class? You went back to the point of entry. Because cycles of sin is empowered by an evil spirit that's connected to a root cause. So if you've got a cycle of something going on in your life that you just can't stop, and this cycle might occur every 90 days. It doesn't have to be every day. It could occur every six months, but it's happening. It's a cycle happening then you know there's an evil spirit that's connected to a root cause in my soul. In most cases, supernatural deliverance must take place for the soul to shift into a place of righteousness. Supernatural deliverance has to take place for the soul to shift into a place of righteousness. I love Matthew 6.33, where he says, Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Then all things will be added to you. Seeking first his kingdom. What is his kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Seek that first. That's with God. But and his righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus is what we have to seek in the mind, soul. That righteousness has to get developed in the soul. And you don't have to write the, these things down, but I'm going to get these in the atmosphere because this is some of the things that God gave me. Here are some cycles of sin empowered by evil spirits. Abortion. Sex outside of marriage. Chronic illness. Then he's got a sister that's just, just chronically is sick all the time. Compulsive desires. Fears. Rejection. Depression. Suicide. Unclean sexual desires, un impure thoughts of the same sex, guilt and condemnation, 
unforgiveness. You want a copy of all my notes, you can have these notes. Resentment, retaliation, anger, liars, lesbianism, homosexuality, astrology, gossip, cursing, complaining, racism, pornography, food, food, say food, alcohol, jealousy, martial arts, masturbation, rebellion, hates children. The Lord said there's one that hates children and sickness. And listen, like I said in the beginning, we all need deliverance from something. I just share mine with God instead of blabbing it off to you. But my deliverance has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Because you know, the older you get, there's something else you got to deal with. It could be an ailment or it could be something going on you know, that's contrary to the Bible. So we are continually being saved. So don't let the devil condemn you when you mess up. Because I tell that devil, hey, listen, I'm continually being saved. If something has come to light in my soul, I'm continually being saved. You don't know if something needs to be rescued until it's exposed. Something has to be exposed before it can be rescued. Thank God for the cross. That was, that was one intro. And I got, I got a little more time. Put Luke 4.18. This is a deliverance message. And this is the year of Jubilee. I'm so excited about the year of Jubilee. Everybody in here ought to be excited about this year. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's on you. Say it. Let's say that the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set the burden and battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. Apostle Maldonado doesn't ordain his ministers unless they can raise the dead. That's why there's so much power down there. Because everybody can raise the dead, but you're just not close enough to Jesus to do it. That's the problem. You got to know him. You got to know him to raise the dead. And that could be literal, physical death raising, or it could be raising someone's dead in the faith and raising them up out of that death state. I love it in Luke 4.21. You don't have to put it on the screen, but... This is when Jesus was, after he read that to the Pharisees and the ones that are around him that time, he said, you just heard scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. So anytime, and I'm trying to make that a point in our ministry, that when we, at every service, even in the announcements or testimonies, we should be reading the scripture and getting it in the atmosphere. Because when it's spoken, you can hear Jesus saying the same thing, the same thing, that it came true just now. Because the kingdom is now, right? It's everything is now. Mark 1, 21 through 27. And they went into Capernaum, Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. Now, the synagogue is like the church today. All right, so he's, you put church there. He entered the church and taught, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he had taught them as having authority, one have authority, not as a scribe. Now, if you if you if you if you haven't if you don't have any authority, if you haven't had any revelation, no experience with God, then you're still a scribe. Ouch. You know what a scribe is, right? Huh? Academic. Right, academic. The Pharisees were lovers of money, but the scribes were the ones that would teach you about God. They're very academic. Now, there's a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, let us alone. I'd love it when, <laughs> when Brenda's up here teaching and an unclean spirit comes in and says, leave me alone, Brenda. Huh? Come out of him. 
Wouldn't that be awesome that the demons would know you that well? Not because you have fellowship with them, but because you have authority. <laughs> oh, that's Gene. I entertained his flesh a long time ago. Let me see if I can pull him back into it. <laughs> Saying, let us alone. We have, what, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. So, yes, same thing. But wouldn't it be cool to say, hear a demon say, I know you are the Holy One of God, Chris. I know you are the Holy One of God, Carrie. Why have you come to torment me? Wouldn't that be awesome when these two go out these churches? And the whole congregation screams out, Why have you come to torment me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first started, it was all demons in my congregation. <laughs> all demons, all demons complaining and weary and tired and going to the bathroom. And, uh, and I'm plowing and plowing and plowing. I got blisters on my hands from plowing so much. Man. So deliverance is now continually, write that down, deliverance is now and continual and progressive. It's now continual and progressive. Now continual and progressive. Always keep notes when you're with me because you don't know when I'm going to throw a test out. I'm, I'll do it. I want to know where you are. Kim. <laughs> I love Kim. I love Kim. Write this down. This is important. If we are not delivered, number one, delivered, healed, and transformed. If we are not delivered, healed, and transformed, delivered, healed, and transformed, we will be seven times worse. So you can be delivered and healed, but not yet transformed, and still be seven times worse. There has to be a transformation. After the healing. There's got to be healing after deliverance. Just because you feel freedom doesn't mean you're healed. And a lot of church people think they're healed. Once they experience that freedom of that anointing, breaking off that demon of oppression or whatever it is. But the healing, the transformation of the mind takes place after healing. God cannot transform that something that hadn't been healed. It's got to be healed. And how do you know that you're in the healing season? How many of you remember that? How do you know that you're in your healing season? Temptation shows up. Temptation. That's, that's a sign that you are in your healing, that you are in the recovery room of the hospital of heaven. You're in the recovery room of the hospital of heaven when temptation shows up. And just stay put. Don't move. Jesus said, if you get your deliverance, this is what Jesus said, if you get your deliverance and you go back to what you did before, you will invite seven demons back to perfect destruction. And I asked the Lord, why, why seven demons? And why are they more powerful than the first one? Because only one was cast out of the man. And he says, this applies to the church. If we cast out a demon from a person, uh, then that house is swept clean. The Holy Spirit is the, the cleansing agent that washes the mind and the soul in that area. But the Lord said the reason that he comes back with seven, one is to bring destruction to a wholeness. And he said the other is, the reason he brings seven back is because that person got a revelation, a taste of God. And that person will come back to God. And that demon would defeat, be defeated again and be cast out again. So with seven coming back, he's coming after the person to kill him now so that he doesn't have a chance to hook up with God again. Does that make sense? And man, I've seen, I seen that with my buddy Scott. Have y'all seen Scott lately? He looks like death. He looks, he's about 100 pounds. 
He, I saw him at the gas station. His wife texted me while we were out of town. said, please pray for Scott. He's gray. He's got pancreatic cancer. That's the death ticket. And I told him, the Lord told me to tell him, if he didn't stay in this ministry last quarter and stay in this ministry, that he was going to have an early death. God, see, God's always reaching out to us. God was going to heal them. No, he's already disobeyed. See, there's a season when God speaks like that. He said, if he'll just stay here, every service for this season, he won't experience that death. And that's what I was talking about, an early death. The devil takes us out early, before our time. Look at the evangelist he could have been. He's, he was, when you had up his mouth, you could feel it go through you. He had a voice for God. But I, you know, I know why he's there, and, um, and we won't go into all that. But let's, let's go to uh, Luke eleven twenty four through 26. 11, 24 through 26. Luke. Now, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And he says, I will return to my house, which I came from. Now, why, I don't want to get ahead of myself, why do demons seek dry places? Think about that. That's right, they hate water. That's why the Holy Spirit, when the water comes into the soul, it drives out demons, because they start running. They don't like water for some reason. Yes. <laughs> And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. That's one thing the Holy Spirit's going to do is put things in order, right? Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Can you imagine? And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first state. I'm telling you, don't play with your deliverance. Don't play with your deliverance. It's... It's a, and I want to teach you tonight, if I have time. It's five to seven already. Oh, Lord. Okay, let's see. I got five. Is it at 6.45? Okay. All right. I want to skip ahead a little bit. Um, okay. The enemy is always looking for an oasis. The enemy is always looking for an oasis. So what is an oasis? Yeah, it's an area in a desert where there is water and plants. A pleasant place that is surrounded by something unpleasant. It's a refuge, a release, a relief. They need an oasis. The oasis in man is the intellect, the will, the emotions, and the affections. That's four oases where he finds refuge. The soul, the intellect, will, and emotions and affections are four oases that he comes back and demonizes. You ever get a person that's restless all the time? I was, man, I was restless all the time. I could not sit still when I was lost. A restless person is demonized. Because the Holy Spirit brings peace. So a, a restless person that can't sit down for five minutes. Does a, a person that doesn't want to be by himself is demonized. We were talking about godliness. Godliness uh, with contentment is great gain. So what is godliness? Being like God. So if you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, then you're going to be content. You're not going to want anything. Because nothing compares to the fruit of the Spirit. And now God can add gain to you because he can trust you with that fruit. There's no other fruit to contaminate the soul. We need to fill it with God's word and his presence. That's why demons come back, because God's word's not there and his presence isn't there. And I always tell people, you cannot counsel demons. You cannot counsel demons. You have to cast them out. 
that demons will wear you out. I got wore out by demons when I first started in, this, in ministry because I was intrigued about deliverance and demons and stuff like that. Man, I was counseling demons the whole time. They wear you out. Two-year-old baby Christian counseling demons that knew a lot more than I did. Demons will occupy if the word is not there. Change is sustained. Here's the key. Change is sustained by the presence of God. Change is sustained by the presence of God. Well, how do I know that I have the presence of God? Peace. Peace in your trial. Peace in your rest. 24-hour peace is how you know. I was tested with my peace last night. Was it last night? But I just made out like it wasn't even happening. Loving on the teens and you got to hold on your peace. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you got to hold on to your peace. Because you can lose it quick when that thing's coming in like a flood. Write this down. The strength of the enemy is in ignorance. The strength of the enemy is in ignorance. Moving ahead. All right. Luke eleven twenty. Let's put that on the screen. Luke eleven twenty. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So a church that's casting out demons, you'll know that's a kingdom church where demons are being expelled. You know you're in the right place. I love it when King Jesus and I saw all the buckets lined up over there in the corner. And they don't, they, well, the buckets, they have bags, uh, airport bags. And when that presence comes in, that vomit starts flying everywhere. It's powerful. <laughs> it's powerful. That's because he's raised up a team, like we're doing here, that are the same mind, the same spirit, that love one another unconditionally that have no desires or anything like that that's contrary to the Word of God for each other. He's raised that up. That's like we have. He's, is this his 25th year? 20th year. So he's been in that building five years. So really it took him 10, years, 10 to 12 years to get launched out. See, we'll be launched out a little earlier than that because we're connected to him. With 12 people. It was 12 people. Because the 12 people are still with him. They're saying 12 people. If I cast out demons. With the finger of God. Finger of God. The hand of God. Some, some in, uh, interpretation said. If I cast out demons with the hand of God. That's what I mean. That's why I was saying earlier. The hand is the power. The voice is the dominion. The hand is the power. If I cast out demons with the hand of God, then the demon has to come out. And I can put my hand on people's head and I can feel that demon rolling around in there because he'll pop your skin out. There was one guy in here, I felt him. He was going like this to my hand, right in his temple, back and forth. Was pulsating in my hand. He was ready to come out. But he's got to be called out. He won't expel himself because he doesn't have the power to expel himself. So, yeah, it's, I wrote this. Some verses say, if I cast out demons with the hand of God, the hand of God is the fivefold ministry, the full power of Christ. You see, the voice of God carries authority and order. That's when I can order a demon not to come back. With my mouth. The powers leave my hand to drive the demon out. But my voice. I tell you, my voice changes sometimes. I can, it, 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 I, I can feel Jesus and his voice very deep and sharp. Moving to get a demon out. Hmm? Eyes too, yeah. 
The evidence of the kingdom church is expelling demons. That's an evidence of the kingdom church. When the hand of God, which is your hand, it's your hand too because you're in an apostolic ministry, you're in a fivefold ministry, so it's automatically coming on you. And the voice of God are saying, the hand of God and the voice of God, when the hand of God and the voice of God are saying and doing the same thing, that is when you have triumphant victory, not just victory. You have triumphant victory. There's a difference. Victory can be temporary, but triumphant victory is indeed. It's indeed. Jesus said, you're free indeed because he spoke it. All right, we're going to end with us. Maintaining your deliverance and healing, three things. And Chris, you put Ephesians 4.31 up. Number one, self-discipline. Get yourself out of the bed. Force yourself to get out. Listen, it gets easier. It really does get easier and easier. It becomes a habit. Self-discipline, self-control. Crucify the flesh daily. That's what that means. As soon as I wake up, I thank God for today. Before my bed, hand, hand, feet hit the side of the floor in that bed, I say, God, this is the day you have made, and I will rejoice in it and be glad. So I just set the tone for the day right there. Number two, stay in fellowship with the house of God. This is the house of God, the corporate house of God. Stay in fellowship with the house of God. Stay in fellowship with the people of God. If you, if you can't be around another saint, then you have a demon. If you can't be in the same room with another saint, then you have a demon. Demons cause division. If we can't love each other unconditionally, then there's an influence holding me back. Number three, number three, this is how you sustain your healing and deliverance. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Worship and study the Word of God. Worship and study the Word of God. If you'll do those three things, discipline yourself, crucify those thoughts, cast those thoughts down, Stay in fellowship with the house of God and with the people and be continually filled. This is how I did it. I didn't even know I was doing it. I didn't know I was doing it. I'm, God's given me this stuff. And I said, well, I've been doing this all along. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has taught me to do this. When you spend time with God, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you how to do things the right way. Ephesians 4.31 Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with envy and every form of malice. These are the things you've got to cast down. These are the things you've got to crucify. One thing that will guarantee the cancellation of grace in your life is bitterness. It cancels it out. That's in Hebrew. Colossians 3.5. And uh, let's see, that's, that's all. Colossians 3.5. Therefore, put to death your members, your physical members, where your hands shouldn't be or where your feet shouldn't be in different places. Put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and idolatry. God made it so simple. Three things he's, he's going to do. People get healed and delivered every Saturday night in this place. But they, do they maintain that healing? I know some of our people come up with the same thing after I've already prayed for them before about the same thing. That tells me they have not sustained and maintained their deliverance and their healing. So if you do these three things, this is a guarantee it will work. And God doesn't, God doesn't take this responsibility from us. It's our responsibility to do this. We have to do it. And he said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. 
Man, I've seen it. I know you guys have seen it with people. You don't want to be one of them, especially in this day and time. And write this down. Where there is no progress, God is not in it. We're going to end with that. Where there's no progress, God is absolutely not in it. Make sure everybody comes Saturday night because the youth is going to minister to us. I'm so excited about that. Testimonies are going to bust the, op- op- the atmosphere wide open to another level. So try to, bring a, try to bring somebody. Invite somebody. Let them hear this youth and what's happening with the youth. You can't tell me that won't get their attention. Tell them they're just not coming to hear some old preacher again. They're coming to hear 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 16-year-old youth bringing forth the supernatural. Any questions? Do your questionnaire. Go ahead. Influence. (laughs) Influence. Um, You say something about influence. So the influence is what? Is it a part of... um, Possess, or is it spirit, or demonize, or what is okay, it? Okay, um, uh, demonization is developed through demonic influence. Now, what is influence? Influence is a thought. And I've taught on this before. The first sign of a trial that you're fixing an inner to is a thought. What's the second sign? What you say. What's the third sign? Circumstance. So if you can cast the thought down, you won't go through that circumstance. God designed you to be changed from the inside out, not the outside in. He designed you to be changed from the inside out. So you can really go through the process without pain. You won't even know what's happening. You won't know what's happening. But I hate to see people go through hell. Through a circumstance. It hurts me. You just want to do something for them. You can't do anything for them. Because when they hit that circumstance, it's just them and God. (laughs) Because if you jump in, whatever's being manifest jumping on you, it's going to come on you. So... Praise the Lord. Any more questions? So is any will be teaching next Monday and um and then we'll have the deliverance of uh end of this month, I think. September. It's every thirty days. And we're gonna be teaching how the deliverance. And if y'all want to get let me get that manual out of my bag. They may want to order this if you don't already have it. Because it would be good to follow along in our healing and deliverance. And she can order them. They're very inexpensive. They give us like a half-off price on everything we get from them. But this is a very simple teaching that will give you a, a, a deeper understanding of healing and deliverance. And then you may be delivered. At the end of the session, you won't need hands laid on you. You'll see that you're not, you're out of that cycle of doing things that you shouldn't be doing. A cycle of fear. A cycle of uh, watching Lifetime. (laughs) Who does that? Who does it? You got delivered of that? I said, Lord, Lifetime. What's lifetime? Lifetime's full of adultery, isn't it? <laughs> Everything. All right, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is an exciting year. We got ordination. We got we got a new group coming up to be ordained. And listen, every time we ordain and people get sanctified and all get all that junk, the, the power of God increases in the house. 
The Lord showed me when people come through the door, the presence of God will be so strong that demons have to come out of the door. And it's because of people like Mamie and Carl and, you know, the young group and Todd and y'all coming up and going through the process of sanctification and going through the process of dying to that flesh, dying to everything. And in some cases, losing everything. Because, you know, it's cursed. You want it off of you. Because it's cursed. You know, God was never in it. So I'm excited about this year. And uh, the last part this season of this year is going to be the blessing. I don't want anybody to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, that your saints are gaining understanding of, of the supernatural power of God and the supernatural dominion of God and your creative voice. Let this teaching go deep inside of them with the spirit of understanding uh, doing its work in their souls. I ask you to seal it right now with the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that they'll come in the full maturity of the understanding of healing, of deliverance, healing, and transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Give me some praise. Thank you, Lord.